Hey everybody, we are super pleased to announce our new sponsor, Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. The goal? Power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes such as Alliance War and Real-Time Arena. And the best part? Marvel Strike Force just reached its six-year anniversary, which means free stuff when you sign up via our unique link in the description. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. Just complete each event, and you'll receive special awards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and every week to take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. If we have received a unique promo code for every new user, please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L. Again, anybody uses that code, it is unique for all new users. Check it out. Once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Games are so much more than, well, games. They're complex, engaging, exciting artifacts that play a significant role in society, education, and beyond. That's why we founded Board Game Academics earlier this year. As a group of tabletop gamers and academic professionals, our mission is to combine research and gaming in novel ways that benefit academia and the tabletop industry. We're doing this by focusing on the historical, cultural, and systemic exploration of games as they relate to complex themes like race, gender, nationality, ability, sexuality, and class. To present and celebrate the work of the researchers who have submitted their papers to Board Game Academics, we are holding an inaugural conference on August 2nd. If you're attending Gen Con Trade Day, join us at 2 p.m. on August 2nd. If you're not, registration is now open for the virtual conference taking place on the same day. Register today and discover the exciting, creative, and thoughtful approaches to gaming that are encouraging meaningful discourse between researchers, teachers, and gamers. Use the discount code PODCAST on our website, boardgameacademics.com, when registering to receive the student rate. Again, that discount code is PODCAST, www.boardgameacademics.com. We look forward to seeing you there. Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast about board gamers and the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris. And this is Anthony. And this is episode 430, Origins Game Fair Hotness. We'd like to thank all our Patreon backers. 
but especially Adam and Ryan, who both upgraded to producers. Thank you so much, my friends. You rock. All right, everyone. We are back, and we are stoked. We are pumped. It was Origins, and we did not go. <laughs> yeah, I know. And everybody's looking at the at the title and like, didn't you guys not go to this show? Like, <laughs> no, we did not go to this show, but we're going to tell you all about it. And the fact that we can do that might tell you a little bit about this show. So there you go. There you go. So that will be our feature review. We'll be talking about the Origins Game Fair Awards. Always interesting. Always fun. We did a preview of that a couple episodes back. We'll be talking about all the games that came out. More or less, what they did, what they didn't do, where we've seen them before, if there was anything new, and some of the ongoing controversies and fun times that a lot of people had at Origins Game Fair. So stick around for our feature review. We'll be talking about all the fun things that are Origins, and I guess especially so you know what games you should be looking at because they're going to be hitting all the shops and all the online stuff pretty soon. All right, Anthony, so that's what's going to be coming up on our big feature. But there's a lot of stuff that's going on with us. There's not just Origins this summer. There's another convention that people might have heard of. Yeah, the big one. There's We're going a big to the, one? Yeah, there's a bigger one. <laughs> Get out of here. It's way bigger. Eh, bigger than five days of the best fun and board games? It's like two and a half times bigger. It's so big. <laughs> The only Wait thing that's not bigger is the food selection. It's way smaller, but oh, the rest is much bigger. Is the temperature bigger? It's so much bigger. <laughs> Wait a minute, but do you get to play board games in a football stadium? Because that's 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 where that's my threshold here. Well, yes, in fact, you do. So that's why it's so much bigger. Uh, y- you know, Gen Con is coming up. Uh, apropos of nothing, and <laughs> we're going to well, be there. To be fair, it's, it's apropos of two, like less than two months that's true (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah gen con's coming up it's in like five weeks which is crazy because we have so much planning to do still um we're gonna be there uh for many many reasons but the biggest reason we're gonna be there is board game academics which we've been talking about all year we we announced this back on episode 408 and we've been talking about it since january because this is our our big big endeavor we've been working on this now for almost two years uh, and we have a, a collection of 12 different academics who have submitted papers and proposals, and they're going to be presenting those on August 2nd, including at the trade day at Gen Con on August 2nd. Uh, could not be more excited. It's so cool. Um, you can go to the website now, boardgameacademics.com. You can see everybody who is presenting. You can see the topics they are presenting. And you can hear all about what's coming up at uh, Gen Con as well as our virtual presentation. Uh, We have several people who are joining us at Gen Con, but we also have several people who couldn't make it, and we are presenting virtually. So we're going to have, at Gen Con, for about two hours, presentations in person that we'll be trying to stream live online. And then, again, continuing online for another couple hours after that, additional people presenting their amazing research as well. So... If you are at all interested in this, if you're coming to Gen Con and you have a trade day pass or an exhibitor pass or a media pass, please join us. Uh, It's amazing. The link is on the website. If you are not able to come to Gen Con or don't have access to trade day, you can still join us. Just hit up boardgameacademics.com and you can uh, sign up for a virtual pass access and you'll get access to all 12 of those presentations. So super exciting. 
Excellent. Yeah, and there'll be a lot of activities in between on the Discord that Jen will be handling along with Ruby. So that should be a lot of fun. And again, if you can't Gen Con, you don't have to Gen Can't. You can come to the online convention and get a lot of the BGA fun right there, live stream to you, and then have a really good crew of people just to talk to and have fun with. And again, to cheer on all those great academics and researchers out there who are presenting wonderful material on gaming. So you think you know gaming, but we got 12 amazing people that are going to give you brand new perspectives about gaming. And again, as we always try to do each and every week, help get more people to the table. So maybe your normal pitch to get people to the table, not doing the best. Well, you're going to have 12 new pitches from 12 high level thinkers about why people should be gaming. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. You can go beyond it's fun and say, Hey, this is an academically rigorous discussion of the 14th century. I don't know, like something like that. <laughs> um, but we have a lot of really interesting stuff. We have people talking about games in the classroom. We have people talking about games as an industry. We have people talking about games and their historical representation, um, social gender related, like all these different focuses and ideas around how, what games are doing as representations of society. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, again, there's so much, even down to miniatures. We have someone talking about miniatures yes, and, and their place and what they mean and all that really cool stuff. So a lot of fun stuff. And you get an opportunity to bring everyone around the computer, around your phone to hear all great stuff about it. But we'll talk more about it as time goes. But as Anthony mentioned, board game academics, go check out the newly renovated and super fantastical website with all these presentations and these people so you get to know them because they're now part of our larger crew yeah all right so that's what's happening with us anthony uh one of the other things uh for our patreon backers i do this each and every week or every other week when you're not doing something i'm doing something so coming up on tuesday i'll be kicking the habit again so this is the opportunity for me to dive deep into all of the crowdfunding uh, websites out there, Backer Kit, Game Found, Kickstarter. I don't know if Indiegogo is still a thing anymore. <laughs> and no. then whatever lemonade stand is out there where someone's trying to pawn a game off on me. I will check all of those out. I will talk about the best 12 that are happening out there and let you know what I all think out there. And hopefully, maybe, possibly not back them all because that happens sometimes. So join me <laughs> as I try to resist the thing that I cannot resist as evident by my massive board game collection currently, uh, I don't know, just it's it's coming in on all sides. Let me just say that. We've we've gone past the Kalex. That's all I'm saying. It's just it's, <laughs> it's everywhere. So, yeah, we'll be talking about that on that upcoming episode. So, Anthony, obviously, there's a lot to talk about with Origins. So let's get there as quickly as possible. But before we do, let's talk about our acquisition disorders. All right, so my acquisition disorder this week is one that just popped into the hotness this last week, partially driven by Tom Vassell's review. So we have to give credit where due. The Dice Tower has a review up. You can go check it out of World Wonders. I met him. Uh, I did too. He, <laughs> it's crazy. He's very tall. He's so tall. Looks right over the top of you. I know. Uh, so this is a new game from designer Z Mendes, who, if, if you don't recognize the name, he designed Brazil Imperial, which we've talked about 
a billion times in the last two years. Oh, One yeah. of our most anticipated games of the last two years. It came out in Brazil, I don't know, 2019, 2020, and it took a really long time to get here via Europe and then maybe a cross connection through Canada. Um, this game is coming out much sooner because they now have the relationship set up where they can sell it. Um, it is a game about building your own ancient city. So we're talking about kind of the process of building up the city and then building the wonders that represent the city. And, you know, if, if you know anything about Brazil Imperial, it's, it's a four X game, but it's also just kind of like building up your resources and building up your center and building up upon your leader. And this game is adjacent to that, but also has some shared DNA, right? So there's multiple types of buildings that you're building similar to Brazil. Um, and you're kind of working within an economy and building towards monuments and wonders. So it's, I'm sure it's not at all like this, but it kind of gives me the vibe of like seven wonders as a tile laying game. Right. And and that sounds interesting by itself. And I wasn't the biggest fan in the world of Brazil Imperial. I really, really, really wanted to like it in the end. It was a very soft play borderline dodge for me. Ooh. Didn't love it. Probably going to pass on my copy, but but it does a lot of interesting ideas, right? The things it borrows from Scythe, I think it borrows effectively. I just found the game to be a little drawn out and a little less interactive than it wants to be. It should be more interactive for a 4X, right? This one, however, based on what I've played in Brazil and based on what I'm seeing here, looks like a really interesting way to kind of navigate the path, right? So you have kind of like polyomino pieces, you have buildings that are three-dimensional you have wonders that you're building out like the table presence looks fantastic um so i'm excited about it i have not watched tom's review by the way so if he says it's terrible <laughs> maybe ignore what i'm saying i don't know um i just know it popped up and i looked at the preview from the publisher as we do for this segment and i'm excited about it so they're saying in the u.s it's going to be available at gen con which i thought was relevant because we're going to be there we we're just talking about that um and I will be keeping an eye on it. I think it's coming from Arcane Wonders. Um, mm -hmm. I see in there. Yes, Arcane Wonders. Um, Robert saying they, they will have it. They're not sure how many copies just yet. But I will, we will be stopping by their booth and I will be checking this one out. Yeah, uh, no. that is World Wonders. Fantastic. And again, I mean, it's great to see that they'll have it at Gen Con. So we'll have an opportunity. Is, is it actually playable? Is it going to have a playable, purchasable? It'll be purchasable. They just don't know how many copies they're going to have. Okay. That's Arcane Wonders is kind of like that. Yes. <laughs> they might have five. They might have 500. We don't know. <laughs> Aw. But uh, Robert's a good guy. If, if you ever get to the convention and you get to Arcane Wonders and you don't find or you're unsure about uh, the games, go talk to him. He's great. Don't just walk away. He will figure out, work something out because he's good like that so um yeah no i mean yeah i have similar not as severe but i have similar feelings with brazil imperial so and again broken heart of all over the place just yeah just like i was like ah, better please be better so yeah. at some point as i did have a a long-standing run of um you know passion and expectation for this i mean from brazil imperial I'm now going to start a campaign to get an expansion just to just to, mm. you know, get things going on the side. This looks good. 
Although it's polyomino, so you're trying to trick me. And yeah, I, and and it is. Yeah, nice try, buddy. Nice uh, yeah, try. I, did, I, I had to mention it because I want to be accurate, but also I hit it, I buried it at the end. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Good try. Nice try, buddy. Nice try. So, no. uh, yeah, Anthony. Well, Anthony will be back in this, although, um, yeah. Although, again, and to be fair, I see it in your background, um, Rebuilding Seattle, not too much of a spoiler alert here, but like one of my favorite games of the year. Yeah. And it has polyominoes, so I'm not I am not anti polyominoes. So. Honestly, I think it's still my number one of the year. This Ooh. is still my game of the year if if the year ended right now. Very good, very good. Um, awesome. All right. Well, on Kickstarter again, always about the Kickstarter stuff. I'm excited and surprised because this game just came out or just I guess kicked off recently. Mystery of the Abbey. Now, Mystery of the Abbey when I and you, Anthony, had played this way back, it was a Days of Wonder game. And we were very just taken by the game. The production's yeah. very good. Uh, the production and deduction were, were both very mm-hmm. good. And again, it was a game, you know, from the early, early days of Days of Wonder. So to have a game like that come back out again. Now, this is not being produced by Days of Wonder, uh, but this is famously a Bruno uh, Faduti game. So uh, love the general kind of concept of being, I guess, a monk trying to investigate and figure out the mystery of the Abbey because there's been a grisly murder. Again, kids board games, folks, right? Grizzly murders. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> and in this family game, you have to figure out which of these holy people have killed somebody so there you go i don't know i don't know i'm just gonna leave it there and let's just move on so in mystery of the abbey again classic deduction game and again you could probably look up days of wonder for like the full kind of presentation and there's endless numbers of reviews and that you and i both like the game from what i remember back in the day yep yeah i I had fun with it i i think it was like a a very clever but very base level deduction game without adding too many crazy layers on top of it i think that's we don't have enough of that. We have very simple deduction games and we have very complex ones. Yes. We don't really have a good baseline in the middle at the Euro level yeah. that really makes it work. Shadows of Camelot's another one, but yes. also out of print. So And also like Days, Days of Wonder. Yeah. I know. Like Days of Wonder had it cornered. Those are two great games. Yeah. This was one and it's been unavailable forever. And now every deduction game has like an app that has like twelve yeah. different things you have to jump through and whatever else. And I'm just like, all right. But this came back out, and it's got new yeah. artwork, which is not bad. I'm not... Nah. It's not bad. It's different. It's, it's not... It's very flat. It's very flat. It's very stylized in that kind of... Yeah. But it's it, it has its own style. It's not bad artwork, right? It's no, not, no. It's not it's Coliseum. Not like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally what I was about to say. It's not Tasty yeah. Minstrel Coliseum bad. Oh, that was bad. Uh, so, again you are trying to figure out which of the suspects committed the murder in a kind of clue-like situation where you're running around the Abbey to pick up clues and, you know, figure things out. And again, in in a Euro kind of status, because each of the different um, suspects and players in the game have special abilities and powers um, that you'll be able to utilize and, you know, as far as resources and symbology and things like that. So this Kickstarter is um, Mojito Studios, 
and they've previously created four games so um nothing that i've personally backed but they did create um or i guess revamp or recreate cleopatra which mm-hmm. was another days of wonder game which is also very good for what it was which was a lightish kind of game but that production was again all you know off the chart so they must have a good relationship as far as getting uh these kind of licenses so um this game comes with the classic version that's basically in this version it's been revamped but the classic version comes along with it with the classic rules as far as kind of like an expansion that you could put into it there's add-ons where you can get unique monk meeples uh you can buy sleeves because you don't have sleeves and again you can get a signed copy from bruno fatuti which is also very nice um the bell there is no actual bell there's a little bell icon (laughs) and there which is really bumming me out because that was again one of the iconic things about the game ringing the bell when you when you knew what was going down uh they're working on a bell app which you can shake the phone Uh. but Oh yeah! Look, this is what I'm saying. Not, not a fan. I know, I know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, not a fan. Uh, so the game itself, if you're gonna buy the base level with just the basic, basic stuff, it's forty bucks US. If you're gonna buy the Kickstarter bundle, it's fifty-one dollars, which again comes with sleeves and unique monks. And then there's obviously, if you want to get the, the signed, uh, it's gonna cost a couple bucks more. It's another five bucks if you want a signature. It's, it's kind of funny because. Uh, recently we, we talked about uh, the Vitalis Serta game, right? And how his signature went from $10 to $12. So stupid. <laughs> but you can get a Bruno Fatuti signature for only $5. That's true. Also very good because he's kind of amazing. And they just surpassed their pledge goal just as we were talking. So pledge goal is 15000 They They're up 15500 So the campaign will back. And you have until Tuesday, July 18th, 2023, if you would like to back Mystery of the Abbey. I think I might back this. Uh, the, the price is not crazy. Nope. It's 40 bucks is probably mm-hmm. all I'll back for. I, I don't need the fancy meeples. How about the signature? I liked this game. I didn't, it wasn't like, it didn't blow my mind, but I remember just having a good positive experience with yeah. people I didn't know, right? Yeah. And that makes it even better. When I play with people I don't know and I like a game, I'm like, well, that must be a really good game. Yeah. Um, and like you know, I I I'm not knocking the artwork. It's just very different. Um, mm-hmm. It is Nayade, so mm-hmm. it's the designer. You know, the artwork behind like Takedo and Takenoko. Mm-hmm. Um, I I surprised it only is barely beating its goal so far. I guess they didn't yeah. really do much marketing. I didn't yeah. hear about it before they launched it. Uh, so hopefully it goes higher because when these things barely pass, I worry about their viability. I feel like it hurts sure. the company a little bit. Um, but. Yeah, I might back this. I might do it. Nice. My job is done here. (laughs) You've done it, sir. (laughs) Yes, I win. All right. (laughs) So that's everything that's happening that we want to get to the table. But Anthony, this week is not about games at the table. This week is about games at Origins. So let's get on to our feature review. Our feature review this week is Origins Game Fair 2023, The Hotness, and obviously The Awards. So, it's not the Met Gala, but it's <laughs> kind of fancy and artistic and creative and stuff. So, true, uh, true. things happen. Let's let's talk about so let's talk about the Origins Game Fair, Anthony. Give give me your impression of that. 
Yeah. I mean, you say it's not the Met Gala, but it's the only award show I've ever attended. So <laughs> we attended from the press row, not just attended. we did. The we got a row room. of chairs behind the tables with no tables. <laughs> so I was like balancing my iPad in my lap to tweet about it. It was yes, great. And film it. Yeah. I like the fact that we were like a substantial distance from the tables where the people were sitting at. And I was just like, what are you worried about? Are you worried about the press right, rushing, <laughs> rushing the stage? Like they literally had a barrier up between the press and the people at the tables. I don't, I don't know. That was, that was a funny thing. That was funny. Yeah. It, there's a lot of, it origins. I feel like there's a lot of them pretending to be things that they're not, hmm. um, which I don't. I don't know what they are though. It's a thing, so I can't even tell them what they should do differently. Like this year, one of the big storylines. If you go to Reddit, if you go to Board Game Geek, it's people who paid for the VIG access complaining about how the VIG access was terrible. Hmm. Right? Very <laughs> important gamers. Very important gamers. Thank you. Hmm. Uh, and this is something Gen Con has done for decades right they've offered this vig access and that includes early access to hotels early access to events um you get a special lounge you get like a a basket of things um for a while there you got early access i don't think gen con does that anymore and so origins Origins. yeah yeah so origins did do that part yes all the other stuff was like meh so like the the swag bag was just a bunch of like origins branded junk which some people were excited about and some people weren't. Yeah. Uh, no games. And like the the lounge was basically a few tables and some chairs. It wasn't anything fancy. Um, I don't know. I don't, I've never done VIG for anything. So I don't know sure. what's good or bad. I just know that the people who did it, who paid the extra $250, or whatever it was, were not super pleased about it. So yeah. it, it's just, and you know, we've gotten a similar vibe in the past, like dealing with them as press. We weren't there this year, so this is not based on 2023 or 2022 or 2021 or 2020. <laughs> we haven't been to Origin since 2018. Um, but it, it was always very much like, this would be helpful for us. And they're like, yes, we hear you. We're not going to do that. <laughs> but <laughs> we've done this other thing that's not at all helpful, but maybe. And, you know, it, it's... And this year in particular, I, I know they charged money for access to the press if you were not a, a Gamma member. Yeah. Which definitely rubbed us the wrong We weren't going to go anyways, but definitely rubbed us the wrong way. So it is what it is. Like, there's a lot of weird stuff going on here. They just don't really seem to know what they're doing. They're just trying different things, throwing it at the wall, and nobody's really happy with it. So um, the people who love Origins still love Origins. The people who are not super excited about it are less excited about it. I think for all of these conventions, just all of these conventions, if you live local, that's your favorite convention. And I appreciate mm-hmm. that because why wouldn't it be, right? The idea of a right. gigantic like if we lived in if we lived, you know, Columbus, Ohio, this would just be like the bee's knees, right? We would just be like, Are you kidding? Five days of board gaming in our backyard? That would be amazing. Beyond that, I think Gamma, who the, the Trade Federation for you know you know origins as far as like what they're trying to do they want more participation and obviously they want and or need more money and i think i think you can get both of those in other ways than charging more for things you did not charge for in the past and lessening 
bonuses and benefits for special groups and people like the VIGs. Uh, because again, we're a very small select community of gamers who have a wonderful, healthy, quote unquote, healthy <laughs> uh, obsession for board games. So there's nobody who feels more that way than the VIGs and, you know, the media people. So I think we could bring more passion and people to the conventions if there was a more open access and lush project product available. Because again, the VIG thing should be like sought after, right? Because yeah. Gamma is like an amazing organization of amazing people. It just does not come across that way in their presentation. And I don't, I'm not really sure why, because this should be the biggest convention. So yeah, if you can get early access with the VIGs for Thursday, that's kind of okay. But we've been there many years and they're officially there on Wednesday. And they always count that as one of the days, but that's really a publisher day to set up. And again, I appreciate that because I've been there trying to set up giant conventions and there is an incredible amount of work, but there needs to be something there's needs to be something more you know yeah. something more than there currently is and i again i know i understand and appreciate there's only so much bandwidth but there could be because again i think you have the right people there gamma is the right people the vig is the right people the media right i mean people who come to the convention they're the right people and i just don't think in our experience and the reason why we stopped going is because the cost benefit you know analysis here is just it we weren't getting enough back for what we were putting in yeah yeah and like honestly i used to live in pittsburgh which was a two-hour drive from origins so that's an easy sell for me it was close it was very frequently on the weekend around my birthday so i could there was a lot of reasons where i could be like oh, i'm gonna go it'll be fun but like as a professional organization when it's not on that weekend and i'm now five hours further away and i have to fly in I'm like, well, what are the actual benefits here? And we have struggled a little bit to see what they are. Like, there's yeah. not a lot of ton new game releases. It, That's it. Yeah. Like, I saw a couple posts today as I was prepping for this episode where people just like, it just felt empty. And I'm like, yeah, that resonates with me. Because when I've been there before, it has felt empty. Yeah. Like, and it's not empty. There's stuff there. They have a, f they're using the space. There's gaming space. It just doesn't feel lively. Like, there's not that energy you have. Even at, like, a PAX, which is a similar size, you just don't have that vibrancy. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what the difference is, mm -hmm. but other people have voiced the same thing that I feel there. It's I fun. It, board game conventions are always fun, whatever size they are. But if you're looking for, a, like, a destination event, this is... I don't know that it really is it. And I can't speak to this one. I feel like we're being very negative for an event we haven't been to in five years, but... <laughs> It's um, well, mostly that's COVID too. We have to be fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they didn't run it for a few years, yeah. but but it's difficult to look at it from the outside now and be like, why would I want to go back? You, mm. They just haven't sold us on it. So this is more a review of the marketing of the event sure. and what we see from the outside. I think them counting. I guess it's the Wednesday because the one thing I noticed on TikTok when I was looking for content to see about how people felt about the the convention was people were saying, this is day one. And then they would do the TikTok the next day and they'd be like, this is actually day one. So yeah. everybody was there for the first day of, of you know, Origins. 
and it really wasn't a day of anything because you can't get into the you can't get into the expo center you can't get you can't get to the publishers and the tables there's nothing happening so which why- is the same as any other convention you can go to gen con on wednesday there's just nothing happening <laughs> yeah but why do you count that as one of the days of the convention yeah exactly like I mean, and nobody else does it's the same setup it's just well to be fair gen con does have a fabulous trade day <laughs> it does it does actually have a fifth day for those yeah. of you who are eligible to go if you are eligible to go you should go and come see us <laughs> there you go but yeah i think that's i think for new people who have not been to a game convention or been to origins before when they say like the five best days of gaming and that's their pitch and then the first said the five days because people are reserving hotels to get there for the first day and there's nothing happening and there's not and again i love columbus i mean i'm surprised i you know like i I think it's a good it's a really good city and the food's great and a lot of good places to go and see and it's very open and clean and every all great stuff about columbus but there's no i mean you and i again we're talking several years ago so please forgive us take it with a grain of salt there wasn't anything else going on around the area like there is a gen con to keep you entertained or engaged so you go there for the first day you, you go down to the convention center you pick up your ticket and you go oh cool there's a big giant room i can't get access to it on the first day of the convention and then you keep saying it's the first big day it's not it's thursday's the big day yeah so it's not five days of gaming it's four days of gaming yeah and then the other thing is why is there not more new releases if gamma is the publishers so strong arm your own people and say you got to release something because there's got to be a reason for people to come down and not just go to gen con because money is tight i'm sorry yeah it's it's always been like that i don't i don't i think there was one year we were at origins where we had any reason to line up early on thursday any reason i don't even remember and that was it was the year queenbra came out oh okay because that launched it that launched at origins and they had queenbra and they had the new version of azul and I really wanted both. So that was it. And we got them and it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Every other year, we're like, should I get up at eight o'clock or should I just <laughs> roll out of bed at nine 30 and we get there when we get there. And it's, it's usually just, we get there when we get there. Yeah. So we, we do sincerely. And I mean, sincerely do hope that everyone had a fantastic time at origins. This was just generally some of our problems and our issues over the last couple of years and again, just like anything else, we want the convention to be better. We want more people at the table. And if there could be more done, I think that would be great. Again, I think, and I want to just mention this very ever so briefly, Anthony, because we just hit up a couple of board game stores in Philly not too long ago for your birthday. Mm-hmm. I still, again, just saying this out to the Gamma people, I think it's worth your time and money. And I know it's a lot of money, especially these days with corporate real estate and stuff like that. But I think you should have a board game presence. I think you should have a brick and mortar store that is origins based, like as close to the convention center, or at least somewhere in in Columbus to keep the convention going. Because the other thing about going to the convention is you and I, Anthony always go out to a lot of like the food places and we, we journey around. We take a look at the, nobody knows origins is happening. There's not, there's not. Mm -mm. So if you could build a board game community by having a dedicated board game store for your convention, even if it's only like, I don't know, 20 feet wide and 20 feet deep. Like if you could just have a table set up somewhere and have origin promotion stuff and have games out there, you know, pretty frequently, I think that would do big, 
you know, difference of getting more people there. Because again, it is on some level, depending on how you look at it and where you live, the four best days in gaming. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, four days. Sorry. It's not five, guys. <laughs> Stop saying five. Stop making five a thing. Why is not a thing? It's not a thing. There are no five-day conventions. It's too long anyways. That's exhausting. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go on to the games because that's more fun. Um, right. So there's there's a couple ways to do this, right? There's the Board Game Geek preview uh-huh. that went up of Origins. But that's not really indicative of what people were looking for. Nope. And so we've been digging around through, you know, our our Patreon backers posts on Facebook, on TikTok, mm-hmm. on Twitter, and seeing what people are posting they actually played and they picked up. Um, we also have the list of featured products that Origins has announced that was released at their show. Um, and, you know, Chris, you've been saying this for years. And at first I was a little skeptical, and I, I feel like I'm a little more on board now, that Kickstarter has made these conventions less interesting. Less significant. I mean, Le- it just... Yeah, for sure. Right. And like looking through this list, because Origins is like, these are games that are new to buy for the first time at a consumer show. Yep. And some of them, some of them, it's just wrong because I bought some of these games (laughs) at PAX. So obviously that's a consumer show. But other ones, it's like, oh, I've had that game since January. Oh, that's right. It was Kickstarter and I get shut. It got shipped to me early. Yeah. And that's a lot of them. And so a lot of these games that are debuting at shows have been out for weeks for months sometimes for close to a year and that's not to say it's not exciting for people who didn't back it and couldn't get it but for those of us who did or those who know that those things happened it's a little less exciting so this list is not there's a lot of good games on this list to be sure so people who like were looking for these games probably were very excited but there's also a lot of games on here that have been out for a while so that's a struggle. It'll be the same at Gen Con. This is not an Origins thing. When we do our Gen Con hotness, it's going to be the same thing of like, yeah, they were all excited and everybody was tracking this game down. I've had it since February. You know, it just, it is what it is. Like, it's how the hobby works now. So yeah, it's, it's not great at all, I'm honestly, because again, if, I mean, from a convention standpoint, because mm-hmm. the convention should be where all the news comes out, all right. the surprises come out all the games come out and hit the table for the first time like that creates excitement and buzz and that gives you a reason to come to the conventions because this is the first time anyone will see it or come to the convention because this is the first time anyone will even talk about it so like mm-hmm. we talk about the fantasy flight like the flight report you just go to gen con just for the flight report just to see what star wars stuff they're going to have out there see what's in their booth right the fact that things are on Kickstarter, you know, and you see everything a year, two years in advance, and it gets shipped to you to your house. So why are you going to the convention to buy something that you've already known about for one to two years, and you probably could get for a cheaper price, and also now you have to ship it back and forth? So like, it's it's hard on a lot of levels, is what I'm saying. It is, yeah, and. Again, there's nothing more exciting in the world than going to a convention, finding a game you've never heard of before. Oh, yeah. That's brand new, and you play it, and you're like, this is amazing, and you buy it, and you know you're one of the first people in the world to have it. And that's still the case. So we're not trying to poo-poo on that necessarily. Nope. It's just there's... Did, did had a really great moment with Terraforming Mars as I ran out of, yeah. <laughs> out of the convention with two copies, and like, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, and it happens, and it's awesome. Um, like, 
when I got my copy of Root, it was at a convention after it shipped to backers, and I was super excited about it. So it's still a thing. It's just less of a thing. And so we're just kind of pointing that out. Mm-hmm. Um, so just some of the highlights, some of the games that were available that they were talking about. Um, 25th Century Games had Raw, the new edition of Raw, which just shipped recently. I got my copy in maybe a month or two ago uh, from the GameFound campaign. Beautiful, beautiful copy of Raw, uh, Reiner Canizia's Raw. Yeah. Uh, and then Resist as well, which was another GameFound campaign from um, earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about Witchcraft, which is kind of a, a revamp of Resist. Yes. This solo only game. Uh, super happy these are available for everybody to pick up now because they, they're they super niche and I'm glad that they made additional copies because <laughs> that's not always the case. Yeah, and again, this is uh, again we were talking about the challenges of it, but this is one of the benefits of the convention is that you get to see these things at the convention. Yeah, yeah, it, you actually see it physically before you spend the money on it, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, Capstone Games always active, always at all these conventions. They're in Ohio, I think they're in Cincinnati, so this is close to them. Mm-hmm. Um, they had their new game, Wandering Towers, from uh, Kramer and Kiesling, which is any game from Kramer and Kiesling, you know, it's going to be good. Um, the beer and bread again they have that at PAX I have a copy from PAX so I know it's not new (laughs) but it is amazing we both gave it a buy so you should check it out either way absolutely yeah Yeah. Uh, and then Joan of Arc and Orleans draw and write I'm pretty sure is new uh, for Origins Um, they had demo copies at PAX you could play Mm -hmm. so lots of good stuff from Capstone as usual um Lots of other good stuff. Uh, Grand Gamers Guild had the Artemis Odyssey. So the Artemis Project was kind of a sleeper hit there for a few years. It's one I picked up. I really enjoyed. Played it for a bit. Artemis Odyssey is a new spin on that same formula. It's up on the hotness as well. I had 102 thumbs. Um, <laughs> so it's it's going out into space. It's another like, it's not a 4X game, but it's like a simultaneous action exploration type of game. So mm-hmm. you get exploration and management and building. There's not as lot not as much of the attacking. Right? Sure. It's almost pure Euro. Um so that was a big one. Uh, a lot of people pointed that one out as being available for the first time. Hatchet board games uh launched Tribes of the Wind, which previously I, b- I believe had been at UK Games Expo. Uh so I saw several posts in the past about reviews out of the UK. Um, they also had Valbara and in the footsteps of Darwin. So, uh, hatchet in general has several different imprints that they're bringing to the U S mm-hmm. lots of good games. Yeah. So exciting. Uh, a company to keep an eye on that we hadn't heard of a couple years ago. So worth checking out. Um, other games on here, we had Paverson games had distilled available at retail for the first time. This was another Kickstarter. Yep, I like that game a lot. That was a lot of fun. It was surprising. And the cost was real, fairly reasonable, too. So uh, if, you haven't, if you haven't checked it out, you should. And maybe even pick it up. Yeah, it's, it is actually one I picked up after your review. Oh, yeah. I was like, that sounds like a fun Euro. And I also like whiskey. So <laughs> there you go. I'll check it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, like minimal amounts, but it's it's good stuff. Uh, so I'm going to check that one out as well. I'll talk to you all about what I think about it in the future. Uh-oh. Um, 
Queen Games had their trio from the first batch of Feld releases. These were also available at PAX, but in very limited quantities. And the base versions, um, too. Right, yeah, you could get the fancy stuff. So yeah. they had Hamburg, Amsterdam, and Marrakesh all available at Origins. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were also previewing New York, so from the second batch, um, which, Chris, you've already paid for, correct? I did. I did a thing. <laughs> I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. <laughs> are you happy about the thing ah, i'm conflicted it's it's hard I'm, I'm i'm seeing somebody about it we'll see we'll see how it comes out <laughs> oh sorry man um and you know honestly looking through the list of stuff that launched there that's kind of the, those are the highlights right there's a bunch of games you could get there um if you go through the the geek the board game geek hotness the preview list mm-hmm. you know Earth was really hot. That was available there sure. uh, from Inside Up Games. That's been out for a little while now, um, both in retail and for backers. Uh, Grand Gamers Guild, they pushed Ahau, um, Rulers of the Yucatan. They have that kind of pushed up on the on the hotness. Isafarian Guard from Sky Kingdom Games. Sure. One of those big, like, $200 sprawling miniature type of one to two player games. Mm-hmm that I can't fathom, but I know the people who love it probably love it. So that makes sense. That was up there. Sure. Touring machine has been one of those games. that has been really hard to find. So if you can find a copy of touring machine, grab it. Um, when they have it at conventions, it sells out really fast. They did have it at PAX. It sold out in like day two. Uh, I got it later just on a lucky drop on Amazon. So they had that as well. Um, previews of games though. There was a bunch of stuff that was previewed that was not available to buy, but mm-hmm. was available to, to try, as I said. Um, so we had the Lost Ruins of Arnak Missing Expedition from Czech Games Edition. I know we're both excited about that, right? Very much so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kutnahora, the City of Silver, which talked about last week as this game looks amazing, but the name is terrible. <laughs> the box cover is terrible, too. Yeah, I mean, both of those are terrible. What are you doing? It's again, it's so it just between the like you said between the name and the box, you would pass this by a thousand times and not even know there's a pretty awesome game on the inside. Uh, so kind of feel bad about that, but hopefully, the fact that we're promoting it, hopefully people take a look at it because this looks like it could be fun. I've not played it, but I'm really look really excited to play it. It is on my short list for Gen Con to check out. Same so. Uh, uh, we also had from Mind Clash, they were previewing the episode three of Perseverance. So I still don't understand what episode one and two are, but I don't understand. Ep- it's like, it's like, like Lost, right? The TV show. Yeah. Back in the day. It's like, I don't know what's going on here. What is this? I don't get it. And uh, just to be fair, we're leaning into this a little bit because I know some people have reached out like, it's not that complicated. The games are great. And this is why and I'm like, Sure, maybe we haven't played them, but also I still don't get it. Kickstarter <laughs> so, was muddled at best. Muddled at best is the best way to describe that. We're gonna get kidnapped <laughs> at like at, at Gen Con by like Mind Clash, and they'll be like, "You will sit and play this game and understand it." Like I can't understand. It's been three days, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to do other things. These are not the best three days in gaming. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Thunderworks games had Dawn of Ulos. Yeah. yeah, so Thunderworks always does good stuff. Um, 
their their games have frequently been built around the role player universe. Mm-hmm. Um, Dawn of Ulos looks to be kind of in that same, at least the same artwork setting. Um, it 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 looks good. I mean, they they generally release good stuff, so uh, I'm looking forward to this one as well. Yeah, it looks like a new take on role player, at least from the yeah. artwork and the character cards. Yeah, yeah, like they they definitely know how to make things look good, which is nice. Yeah, I'm um, like even Cape May, which was a very different game for them from a different designer, nothing mm-hmm. to do with role player or any of that stuff. It looked good. It was very pretty. I was very oh, tempted yeah. by it. Yeah, this is like um, yeah, between role player maybe Ethnos or it's 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 got vibes. We'll we'll have to check it out. Yes, yeah, we should just start using that. What's the vibe check on this game? It's pretty good. <laughs> Digging the vibe check. Um, the game and the next game from Paverson Games, which I, I guess they have available for demo. We don't know a ton about it outside of what they've been showing recently. Is Luthier? Mm-hmm. So this is a game about building musical instruments for yes. patrons. Mm-hmm. I love this idea. So we're going back to like classical Renaissance era Europe, and you are hired to build the instruments that will be used by people like Bach and Mozart and Beethoven such a cool idea so you're not making the music you're making the instruments they're going to use to make the music it's a worker placement bidding type of game Mm -hmm. um vincent dutra is on board for the artwork it's coming out next year very nice and it's from the people who published distilled so looks good yeah excited yeah so um that's kind of a highlights there was certainly plenty of other games there one of the benefits of being at a convention, which again, we were not there, but <laughs> one of the benefits of being at a convention is sometimes you find hidden gems that are not on these lists that people don't post about very often that you get to talk about that nobody else is talking about. hundred yeah. percent look forward to that from Gen Con. We, we love doing that stuff. We love like mm-hmm. digging into like, especially the indie booths and finding stuff that people aren't, aren't digging into. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure there was a lot of that. So it's not to say that those games, if we didn't talk about them, aren't good. We just personally didn't get a chance to see them. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. So the last wing of this is we have Origins Game Awards, or the Origins Awards, I guess they call them. Um, they do this every year. They change it every year. We make fun of it every year. We made fun of it two <laughs> months ago. Um, <laughs> they, they've made it less fun by not being as much fun as they used to be in past years. They, they've actually gotten a lot more, I don't know, I want to say competent, but just like obvious maybe is probably a better word. Yeah, it's, so the thing is, they assess games that get submitted to them. So some publishers don't submit games to them. So then some things win awards and you're like, huh, I mean, that's a good game. <laughs> It's a good game, but why did it win the award? <laughs> like, um, so there's a few of those these year, this year, but there's nothing that's like so far outside of the, like the actual categories that it makes no sense, which we've had in the mm-hmm. past. So, um, so the, well, well, let me start from the bottom because the the thing starts with game of the year, which I don't think is helpful for us. Um, but is it game of the year? It's well, retail game retail of the year, game of the year, which is also <laughs> a little sus. But we'll just I don't we'll, I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? I, I I don't know. I wish they would explain these categories. If they would have done that years ago, it would have been a lot less fun. But that is also a weird. I mean, did it sell yeah. the most copies? Is that a thing? 
maybe but how because when this, this is very hard because again gamma who's running these awards again i don't know if it's a separate body or committee that's blinded and they don't know what they know or they do know but it's like giving each other awards so maybe they need to like right. not make it game of the year anymore because it would just i maybe they need a certain metric that's not like we like this game better than everyone else and everyone else is still in the room making that vote <laughs> just like <laughs> uh, this is a little awkward yeah it's it's i don't know it's tricky i don't really know um so I guess we'll just start there because we've been talking about it for now for two I'm minutes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. I don't Re- mean to ruin the ruin the big uh, the ending. I don't know that it's much of a reveal. Uh, retail retail game of the year <laughs> is Boop by what? Smirk and Laughter Games. What'd you say? What yeah, game? Boop. 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 That's a game. Yeah. So it's it's cats knocking each other off a of bed. <laughs> it's Boop. Done. Yeah. Lower it's a case. cute game. Lowercase B, yeah. by the way. Lowercase. Be and it ends in a period so get it right <laughs> um i we okay so we had a chance to check this out at pax it was cute it was yeah. light it was excessive. it was very popular kurt you know we know kurt very well from smirk and laughter smirk and dagger mm-hmm. um was very excited about the reception but there's a lot of games came out this year. So I just like, what is the retail game of the year? What does it mean? Like, it's a good game. I have no problem with it winning an award. I'm happy for them. But what does this mean? I don't get it. <laughs> I, I I just don't understand why Boop has a lowercase to start with and then appeared at the end. So that's that's my quandary at this moment. So Okay. So design issues. We have design issues. <laughs> I don't know if it's design issues. It's naming issues. And again, sure. it's like when they name the game, the game. Why would you name the ga- a game the game? This is that's this, that's in that realm. We're gonna have to do a top ten at some point. So games that are oddly named, boop, I think is gonna be added to that because it's got a period at the end. That is true. That is true. It, the thing too is like I feel like when we did our finalists list, the nominees, there wasn't a game of the year listed. Uh-huh. So this was like voted on separately from the nominees. I think so. And then, so, like, what is the criteria for this? How did it win the award? I don't understand. (laughs) All right, moving on to the other stuff, because Boop is great, by the way. We're not making fun of Boop. Boop is a good game. Yeah, so check out Kaboop. It's very cute. Your kids will like it. It's cats knocking each other off a bed. It's cute. And they're going to have a Um, Halloween version of it, which is going to be even cuter. That will be very cute. Yeah. So, uh, Origins fan favorite was Flamecraft, Mm -hmm. because part of the origins awards is you can go play the game and you can vote for what you like. So everybody else agreed. Flamecraft was the game of the year. Flamecraft has won a lot of these types of awards. Mm-hmm. So makes sense. It's pretty and cute. Yeah. Little dragons selling ah. stuff to each other. Super cute. Super cute. Uh, social light strategy game. Uh, this is one of the categories was creature comforts from kids table board games. KTBG. We got a chance to demo this at PAX cute it is definitely light it is a kid game so there you go it's like the direct competitor to like flamecraft yeah it is super in that ballpark yeah Yeah, for sure um the strategy game winner and just quick reminder of like what was nominated it was evergreen foundations of rome hoplomachus planet unknown and three sisters so they say strategy these are like light medium weight games at best Mm -hmm. 
They're not heavy games. No. Um, the winner was Planet Unknown, though, which is probably the heaviest of the bunch from Adam's Apple. And I'm cool with that because Adam's Apple makes good stuff. Okay. I'm not playing they, it. They made... But I, again, you know, I think it's a more of a... It's a particular take on a game. I, I don't even know if... I Like you said, as far as heavy version of it... Um, yeah, I mean, it's not heavy. No. It's just heavier than the other ones. Sure. So. In con- yeah, in comparison, sure. Yeah. Um, thematic board game. Uh, we had nominees were Dead Reckoning, Merchants of the Dark Road, My Father's Work, Tokyo Sidekick, and Wonderland's War. And the winner was Dead Reckoning. Mm-hmm. So, Pirates. For some reason, still. John John <laughs> D. Clare's Slidey Card Pirate Game. Yay! So, Mystic Veil vale on the high seas. Uh, it's just fine. Yeah, I, we haven't played this one either, but no. it it was a Kickstarter. A lot of people were very happy with it. I, I just don't know. Um, I don't know why Pirates is still a thing, but I'll go with it. One Piece, man. All right, one Piece. One piece. Keep it, keeping them alive. All right, I give it to you. I give it to you. I respect. <laughs> yep. Uh, card games. So, the nominees, Cat in the Box, uh-huh. Scout, Sea Salt and Pepper, uh, Touring Machine, not a game, Uh <laughs> Undaunted Stalin. Love it, by the way, but not a game. Undaunted Stalingrad. Uh, so I think we thought it would be Undaunted because yeah, people people dig their Undaunted, but it was Scout. Okay. I mean, I've heard... So. I've, I have not played it, but throughout the year I've heard a lot of people enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, it won... It, it did not win the Spiel Award, but it was nominated, right? Sure. Yep. Um, children's games. We have Honk... From Sinister Fish Games. So other nominees being Castle Panic 2nd Edition, which we thought was silly. Disney A Goofy Game from Funko Games, also silly. The Lunch Groom Game and Turtle Splash. So this was like kind of a, not an oddball inclusion, but Sinister Fish Games, they released Villagers and Streets. So they've done the the Garter Games. Um, And then they had Honk, which is like a really cute looking goose game. Mm -hmm. So... We might have picked this because it was cool looking. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So those are the board games. The other stuff, not as much in our wheelhouse. We'll kind of rapid fire through these. We have collectible games. The winner was Magic the Gathering Universes Beyond, Warhammer 40k Commander decks. Eh? All right. All right. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, ne- I feel like next year is just automatically going to be the Lord of the Rings. Right, Tales of Middle Earth, Magic I think, the Gathering. I, I think it's going to win all the categories next year, and oh, all of them, all okay. of them, because the One Ring to rule them all, like all of them, just oh uh, yeah. There. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're going to think they're clever, and people are going to be like, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, game accessories, deluxe board game train sets by Little Plastic Train Company. <laughs> yes, sure, train sets. Yeah. Graphic design, Pathfinder Savage Worlds box set by Pinnacle Entertainment Group. Mm-hmm. Uh, great. <laughs> game review. We talked about game reviews last time. It's kind of an interesting addition, yeah. um, probably because they added media to the the board. Um, board Game Quest, kind of one of the go-tos for board game reviews, their mind management review, okay. which I read, and it was fine. Is it the greatest? It was good. Is it the great? I know, but it it was fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean that was an interesting one because we had 
three outlets with five nominations sure. and the one outlet with only one nomination won the award so interesting uh miniatures games lion rampant second edition from osprey games mm-hmm. osprey games does a lot of really good miniature stuff tabletop stuff that nobody really hears about so glad they got some recognition for that rpg core rules coyote and crow from coyote and crow so yeah. a nice indie release there RPG supplement Agents of Dune by Modifius, um, which does a lot of good licensed stuff. Um, 2D art Cowboys with Big Hearts by Bully Pulpit Games. And 3D art Super Mutant Swan by Modifius Entertainment. So not trying to rush over these, but the visual stuff is hard to kind of present in a podcast. We don't want to like describe art to you. No, but also we wanted to include all of these, even if we don't generally cover these, because... Congratulations, because you did an awesome thing, and you deserve to get the congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congrats to all the winners. Sam. Absolutely, yeah. No, and again, another, it's always a daunting situation putting out an awards, because we do it each and every year, and it's not the easiest mm-hmm. of things. And obviously, we would like to have a little more inside information about like how these things come about. But nonetheless, a great collection of games, no question about it. A great collection of art and accessories along with the games. Fantastic. And always a good time as far as like just having fun with the games that you get to the table. So anytime you can take games to the next level, excellent. Give them an award. Love it. And again, maybe we'll see you there next year. I don't know. Could happen. Could. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> who knows maybe we're speaking at origins who knows who knows and we will know then that they have not listened to any of our podcasts <laughs> <That's> right <laughs> we all we love you all very much that's just clip that clip that and send yeah that yeah <laughs> just listen to minute 58 of episode 430 nothing else <laughs> wow those guys love us <laughs> just like show them like, the, the podcast on your phone and be like hold on a second let me let me let me drag this keep going like i thought this whole episode was about origins it is but i want you to hear something first it's just like you're, you're about to hit the end of the episode I, I i know but it's very important we love you very much yay that's all you need to know that's encapsulates our uh, origins experience but yes again we sincerely again hope that everyone had a fantastic time at origins game fair if there's been some great, amazing games that you were able to get to get to the table that we did not talk about, please hit us up on our Patreon account, on our Discord, on Facebook, on Twitter, all of the website stuff, or anywhere that you find Chris and Anthony out on the street and be like, hey, there was a thing. We did it. And again, if you see Mind Clash chasing us down at Gen Con, you now know why. So, yep. anyhow, we will persevere or preservance I, I i don't know which of them but we will we will do something yes 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 all bring right. us water it's a long game <laughs> all right until next origins game fair this is chris and this is anthony and we'll save you all a seat at the origins game fair 2024 take care everybody <laughs> later see ya
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.